Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast Series with California Technology Council and Foley and Lardner. Now we turn over to Matt Gardner in our Northern California studios. Welcome to another episode of the AI Podcast Series with the California Technology Council and Foley and Lardner. On this episode, we have a conversation with Dr. Bin Yu, a UC Berkeley professor in data science, where we explore the issues surrounding machine learning and AI. Before we get to that episode, here are a few words from some of our sponsors. Fulian Lardner is pleased to present this AI podcast series in partnership with the California Technology Council as part of our combined efforts to help foster high-tech innovation, collaboration, and growth across the state and beyond. With a geographic reach spanning the entire country, including offices in Silicon Valley, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego, Foley and Lardner provides comprehensive legal services to both innovators and consumers of sophisticated and increasingly convergent technologies at all stages of the business life cycle and across nearly every industry sector. Drawing on our extensive experience and deep knowledge across our team of lawyers, scientists, developers, and engineers, we counsel clients on the full spectrum of corporate and transactional, intellectual property, and regulatory and policy matters, as well as provide representation in a variety of litigation and disputes. So no matter where your business plugs into the ever-evolving global market, whether your offering is underpinned by AI, the cloud, 5G, the Internet of Things, virtual reality, quantum computing, or another technology, Foley and Lardner can help keep you on the leading edge of emerging legal issues and in pursuit of growth opportunities. Visit us at Foley.com to learn more. Hi, this is George Nachetti of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management, and you're listening to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with the California Technology Council. As always, thank you to our friends from Morgan Stanley and, of course, to Allison Jones and the team from Foley and Lardner. So as we open up this conversation with Dr. Yu, we'll explore some of the issues as the data science industry matures. Just a quick note before we get into that conversation, please keep an eye out for new episodes in our talent series, which you can find everywhere you subscribe to CTC Podcasts. Now, here's part one of our conversation with Dr. Ben Yu. So we're here with Dr. Ben Yu of uh, University of California at Berkeley, an expert in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Dr. Yu, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So just looking back a few years ago, we were really struggling with how much data was being generated, uh, almost, almost too much for, uh, for industry to handle. How far have we come in data science to help drive artificial intelligence and machine learning processes? I think we have made quite good progress, but uh, in terms of how much data, I think we need to really put in what's the question, what's the problem you try to solve. And data, the pure size, doesn't always mean they are good relevant data. So without knowing what we try to solve, I think just the pure size is not always relevant and a lot of the complex biological problems especially in neuroscience, we're really still in a very small data, data power regime. And so certain um, games, there are certain areas we have made really good progress, but they're still quite different from real life situations. The, the dynamic in a game, it's very different. The rules are so clear than you say like now all the countries and states try to um, mitigate 
uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. It's just very, very different regime. That there we still very, very in the beginning. And um, so I think we shouldn't just talk the sheer size of data. We need to really focus on what problem we try to solve and the complexity of the problem. And then we render the data we have open very small. Thanks for that. So, you know, in software, we often talk about, um, you know, stacks of uh, technology and applications. How does machine learning stack with data science? I mean, machine learning is really part of data science. I see uh, data science have three components computer science, statistics, and domain knowledge. And the interface of machine learning, uh, like computer science and statistics is machine learning, which is part of both computer science and statistics. And uh, it's really developed in the beginning, uh, computer science, maybe 20 years ago, and embraced also by statistics. It's an area that you try to solve data problems by putting computing at the center. and uh, the algorithmic center view of things really, I think it's modern statistics and also it's, you know, kind of big part of uh, computer science and, and that's called machine learning. And AI, the, most of the progress made today's AI is actually ride on machine learning. And machine learning is also part of data science. And just kind of a lot of times interchangeable, I call myself machine learner data scientist and statistician, and I think in some sense I'm also doing AI, but I wouldn't quite call myself an AI researcher just because I think usually AI don't, you know, people more in the CS department, I also have affiliation with CS. So the terminology are really overlapping, and what, what? Uh, a lot of the machine learning scalability really rely on hardware that have specialized algorithms particular fitting for particular uh, hardware setup. So there's definitely an integration happening to get the most uh, efficiency out of a system than the general purpose kind of hardware. So, so you raised a, a great, a great point, point there, there about uh, being a professor of several hats. You also have a, an appointment at Lawrence Berkeley Lab where there's tremendous work going on and everything from energy to uh, biology and everywhere in between. Uh, so with a view of the, all those applications, are there particular fields of study or industries where data science and machine learning uh, are, are easier to apply or more ready to be used in the field, so to speak? Well, I think you have seen the boom of IT industry, right? That's kind of the first generation machine learning have huge successes, so-called supervised learning problem in the sense that you want to predict uh, which movie I'm going to watch, say, on Netflix. And then there's this recommendation system that mine my past behavior and other customers' past behavior and put up like recommendations. And so IT has been a huge success, I think, in IT machine learning or supervised learning in particular, that you have a label you know which movie I like, and you maybe have features of the movie, and you try to predict. But you have data on me, so it's really a human-machine collaboration. You already have past data either on me or on people like me, and you're going to predict, you know, which movies I'm going to like. So you have a response, which is that's why I call supervised or label, and you also have features like who I am, my habit, and but the 
other area which is deep learning and other like it's kind of a generalization of the old area in statistical clustering is you don't have labels you want to find patterns on your own and that's more challenging so that's an area I think we're going to see a lot of progress but even for the supervised learning setting for predicting cancer it's way harder and the stake is way higher than predicting uh, what movie I like if I like a movie and you give me something I don't like, it's not end of the world. But for precision medicine, it's, you have so complex the system of human and environment that the recommendation can also make a huge difference. You can, if you give the wrong treatment, people can be harmed, or the, treatment, the right treatment will be delayed. So you, you have to look at also individual level. So that's where the challenge is to go from average performance to something relatively harmless if you don't get exactly right to something you want everybody to benefit and mitigate the risk. So that's a huge quali qualitative difference between even the same kind of machine learning or techniques I mean, with generalizing and regression, <clears throat> but we're in a very different domain and the legal implications is very different. So Obviously, healthcare is a, a very complex industry. You mentioned cancer as an example. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean when you say data labels? It seems, for example, that if we're talking about on the research side, whether it's genomic data or on the clinical side with regard to patients of particular genotypes or treatments with regard to, you know, everything from stage of disease to previous decisions that have gone into a treatment program, what does a data label mean and, and does that mean that the quality of the data is a significant setup challenge for us to think about? I think throughout, right, so first let me explain what does a label mean, right, in, in this famous uh, computer vision data set called ImageNet, which is very important but at the same time the images are very well, like, selected, right? Say you want to tell whether this image has a cat or has a dog. And all the images went into the data set has a dog more or less in the center. Right? So it's, it's a very good data to train things on, but also there's a gap from reality. And here the label for the precision cancer problem would be like, you have my genomics, like, data, biomarkers, and blood panel. And you might have a label, do you have, say, colon cancer or not? So instead of dog and cat, you have cancer or non-cancer. So these are called labels. And humans are um, giving the label or some more sophisticated um, measurements and decide whether biopsy, right, you know, pathology report is the diagnosis. So it's very expensive, and uh, it's also not as clear-cut as cat and dog, right? Cancer, we have different stages, and if people look at the pathology report, where do you decide that's cancer or not? So the data quality, first, is not as clear cut, and also um, how well the biopsy is done, right? The lab, uh, quality control at the lab, and the radiologist training 
all of that will be entering how good the quality of the label is. That for dog and cats, most human beings probably will agree. So definitely there's a huge data quality issue. You can have a lot of bad data and it will be garbage in, garbage out. And data quality and data cleaning is a very under-explained area. Easily for any data project, at least for the first pass, you spend 80% of time on data cleaning. You're missing data. There's, you have to integrate the different data together. And just we're we done by human judgment calls. And if you ask two people to do the same data cleaning, they will end up with two different versions of the clean data. So that's something I have been advocating in the whole data science lifecycle I call stability principle, that you want to make sure two versions will lead to the same scientific or medical conclusion instead of um, you give the patient different diagnosis because one person cleaned the data this way, the other cleaned the other way. There are many, many human judgment goals in the process that I like to see become more transparent and documented to ensure uh, our quality control, the data science life cycle, from problem formulation to cleaning and data, um, data collection first, cleaning and visualization, and then modeling. There are many, many, many different algorithms for the same supervised learning problem. And then interpretation, validation, and back to the domain problem. And so this is a whole cycle, open is nonlinear, and many, usually multidiscipline teams working on this. And we also need good communication between the teams. But documentation and reproducibility, replicability, and stability analysis. And on top of that, it's also our call reality check. Does your algorithm actually capture the important structure in the data? And that's usually done best by external studies. So UCSF collect data. Does the algorithm develop UCSF work for Stanford? And uh, these are the things called external validation that's also part of this data science process. And also AI, right? Because if AI enters medicine, I think this is subject to the same uh, data science process protocols. So it seems like in healthcare, we're particularly dealing with not only complex data from the beginning point, but also sourcing data that may not be collected the same way at any two given institutions. Yeah. You mentioned 80% of the time you've you got to spend energy on cleaning. Are we, are we moving towards standards or, or is that a, an ongoing challenge? I think that's actually a, a, it's a really pain point in the whole data science or AI um, process. It's actually data sharing and data standards so that data from different hospitals. There's something about um, electronic medical records, something called OMOP. There's some standard out there already, but um, I'm just part of a proposal to the WIO NeuroHub, which is a three institution organization or consortium, UCSF, UC Berkeley, University of Washington, and the proposal led by Dr. Riley Bowe from UCSF is trying to get different neurodegenerative disease data from different patients in three different uh, medicine departments that 
really um, will try to do the data integration. And we have, um, and then you can see that the different formats of the standards might be a little different, so we have to reconcile those differences and have some standard, put that into some standard format. And we also worked on a project with Dr. Ananbo Odishi uh, from UCSF Urology, and there we have different cancer pathology reports. And you can see that for one type of cancer, then things are more standardized, and then for another type of cancer, things are not as standardized. So um, there's a lot of, at that level, that we should really include in data science, and, but um, people tend to not to think about it as part of machine learning, but definitely people think it's part of data science. So kind of I'm glad there's now an umbrella field, which is a lot broader than just the algorithm bit, which is important, but it's really a lot of times can be not the most important bit. So we talk about cancers, obviously, as, as one area where we have collected a lot of information over a long period of time. So we, we have a reasonable amount of longitudinal data and outcomes and those types of things. What can we ask artificial intelligence to do in these types of situations? And who will it be helping? Will it be helping a, a, a patient understand what their, uh, their prospects are or what types of treatments can work? Or will it help a physician? Is it going to help the healthcare system understand what's happening with the patient? Is there some answer of, of all of the above in the mix of this? Or what are we asking AI to do for us in this kind of situation? Well, I know AI is kind of uh, the, the, the catch-all word, but it's really data science, I think, or machine learning. That it's all of that you, you mentioned, that uh, if we do it right, we can help. But I really want to uh, point out that it's not like every time you use AI, things will get better. We have to work hard to make sure it's only help, not to harm. It's not like any time AI touches data, things will get better. It's not always the case. Sometimes maybe doctor will still do better. That's why I might see the future of AI as a machine-human um, collaboration, so that the AI is an aid in control of the doctor and then help um, sharing experience of the more experience and top doctors with less experienced doctors. So I see that as really a collaboration. And uh, the humans do have to hold the responsibility to make sure no harm is done. So it's not any time AI gets on things will naturally get better. We have to work hard to make sure and uh, minimize the damage. There's a lot so, of critical thinking and uh, synergy between different teams and in general standards need to put in place to ensure that uh, we minimize the harm and maximize the gain. You're listening to a conversation with Dr. Bin Yu at University of California, Berkeley on artificial intelligence, machine learning, and data science. Dr. Yu, about that and about the sort of, the sort of do no harm expectation, what are the limitations of what we're expecting AI and machine learning to do for us? Are we are we going to be able to trust that we can allow machine-to-machine -machine connections to make changes and decisions, or do we expect the kind of the human layer to continue to be there to interpret what comes out of these kinds of processes? Uh, for me, I see the long-term vision is always a human-machine collaboration. So we basically will see certain 
task machine will do really well, repetitive, and we can delegate to the machine, but we keep have to come back to monitor and check it. So it's never like, oh, that's done, that's automation, we never check it. And become our arm, our senses, our faculty, but we always are in control and make sure we need maybe to update the algorithm. And we need to also put the AI monitoring thing in place to flag this, this machine is not working on this AI, it's not really doing what we wanted to do. So we always need to have an oversight of human. And that's the vision. But then at the same time, you do enough testing, so it's very repetitive, you can uh, outsource that to AI. But you keep have to monitor it and supervise it. And that process, of course, could be also AI itself, right? But the human will always be in the loop. And to leverage experiences, that's a positive and also to deal with situations that AI doesn't want to deal with. Because the problem with AI is that it doesn't have the high um, level intellect, at least we don't think it's there, that um, it's pretty much learning from human labels and human behavior and then um, automate that. But in terms of novelty that humans do much better, at generalizing to unknown situations than the AI, but maybe that can improve. But I never, I, I don't imagine future that humans will be completely opportunity. Not like use them to help us. That's my vision for AI and machine learning or data science, whatever. And that's all the time we have for today. On our next conversation, we'll continue and conclude the conversation with Dr. Yu as we get further into the maturation of the data science industry and all of its implications for artificial intelligence. As a reminder, you can subscribe to CTC Podcasts at Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and SoundCloud. Or if you'd like to get in touch with us directly, you can find us at californiatechnology.org slash contact. Let us know what you'd like to learn more about. If you have an idea for a podcast, email us at podcast at californiatechnology.org. Again, this is Matt Gardner with the California Technology Council. Thanks very much for listening. We'll look forward to speaking with you next time.